Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. In this podcast, we hope that you get the opportunity to connect with other homeschoolers for encouragement, tips, and fellowship. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-rich, Christ-centered education. Join us on this adventure. Today, we are sharing some ideas to make your homeschool experience your own. Sunlight guides you and makes homeschooling easy, but there's no one right way. Just as all families are different, homeschooling is easily customized to what works best in your home. I have Lisa and Sheila joining me right now. Lisa, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Lisa. I am a retired homeschool mom of three. My oldest son went to public school for his entire school career, and that made me a homeschooler. So my youngest two children were homeschooled exclusively with sunlight in our homeschool. My oldest daughter is married and getting ready to have a baby. My youngest daughter is finishing up her first year of college. I'm a mentor on the Sunlight app, so I love helping people um, get comfortable with homeschooling and solving their problems, and I also work in the Sunlight booth at conventions and enjoy meeting everyone out in the real world there. Thank you for joining us. Sheila, let's hear a little bit more about you. Sure. Um, I also am a retired homeschool mom of three. Um, my oldest did, did go to high school to a private school, but the other two we homeschooled with sunlight all the way through. And now all three of them are graduated from college and have launched. So I really enjoy helping the next gen generation figure out how to homeschool, especially with sunlight. And I also am a mentor in the app and a sunlight consultant that goes to conventions and talks to people in the booth. Well, thank you for being here. I am Sunny. I'm Sunlight's community manager, and I'm also a Sunlight mom. My kids are still being homeschooled with Sunlight and have been since preschool. I currently have a middle schooler and an elementary schooler, a girl and a boy, so they're very different, and it's been fun to see how I've changed things up a little bit the second time around. So let's go ahead and talk about homeschooling with Sunlight and how Sunlight is designed to make it very easy to teach, even if it's your first time homeschooling. Well, the great thing about Sunlight is they did all of the work for you. You get only the joy. Um, so the instructor's guide and the books that they pulled together and they put them in just the right order and given you the questions to ask all the things that you need. You literally just open up your instructor's guide and do what it tells you. So Sunlight is the easiest way. I can't imagine an easier way to homeschool. I agree. It's all it's all laid out. It's planned out for you. Um, because it's a literature-based curriculum, there are some subjects that are not skill-based, and you can combine those subjects with multiple kids if they are about a three-year age range. All three of my kids are about two and a half years apart, so that was very doable for, uh, for us. Um, that's going to save you time and money because you're, you don't have to buy a separate history program for each child. So, it's, it's customizable, it's not, um, you get what you need for each child, but if you, if you want to make some changes, you can. Um, we are not a school, 
Sunlight is not a school, it's a curriculum provider. So just like schools buy curriculum for, for their schools, you are a school and you are buying curriculum for your school. So there's no Sunlight Police. No one is gonna come and check, you know, knock on your door and say, let me see your instructor's guide. I wanna see if you've done, if you've checked every box. So it is very user-friendly, very customizable for your particular needs. Yes, I absolutely agree. My favorite thing about Sunlight is that I did not need to plan a thing. Um, I am very busy. I've always worked in homeschool at the same time. And so I did not want to have to piece together curriculum, learn how to teach it. Like Lisa said, you can just open up your instructor's guide and you're ready to go. You start reading. It's fun. I also am an avid reader. And so to me, getting to read books with my kids is just so much more fun than if I had to you know, drill them on facts and, you know, work just in textbooks or workbooks all the time. And so Sunlight just made it so easy and fun. Um, Sheila, you already talked a little bit about modifying to meet the needs of your family. So let's talk about that. What are some of the reasons you might modify what Sunlight provides for you, whether you're combining kids or maybe you have different learning issues or scheduling concerns or all those things. Let's talk about how and why you might modify. Yeah, so I have several of those things. So, um, so like I already said, I had three three kids that I was homeschooling, and um, we like to talk about the subjects in Sunlight World as table subjects and couch subjects. So, couch subjects are those subjects that you can just snuggle up on the couch and read and discuss together. So, there are four of those: history, Bible, read aloud li literature, the stuff that you read to them, and science. You do not have to have read Genesis before you read John. You don't have to know the American Revolution before you learn about Rome. And you don't need to know botany before you do biology. So they are not skill-based. You can jump in and, and everyone can learn that particular year's focus together. The table subjects are the skill-based subjects. So those are the ones where, you know, but my son's in second grade and he needs a second grade math book. Yes, you're right. Those are the subjects that each child will have at their own level. And there are four of those, isn't that convenient? Um, math is the obvious skill-based sub subject, but there's also re reading, writing, and penmanship or handwriting. So a third grader is gonna be working on learning how to write cursive, whereas a kindergartner is learning how to write his lowercase letters or whatever. So those are the skill-based su subjects. And when they're very young, each child will need to have their own. But even as they get older, there are some things that it kind of goes away. Like now they know how to write. They don't need to. They don't need to have a handwriting workbook anymore if they know how to write, how to form their letters. Um, now they know how to read. They are no longer in the decoding stage where they are lear learning about blends and um, diphthongs and um, so sounding out words and becoming fluent and being able to read aloud. Um, now they just read for content. They learn. They, they read to learn. Um, and then even write, writing, you, you now know, once you hit that stage, you now know the basic grammar components. You know that there are nouns and there are verbs and, and we use these words to make sentences and sentences string along to make paragraphs. And now you can just write about a topic. So Sunlight provides the topic and different kids at different levels will produce a, um, a paper 
at their own le level. So even those table sub subjects eventually become to the point where you can combine kids at a higher le level. So I think that answers the question. Yes, you might modify okay. a language arts assignment if you're combining your children for um, where they are. If you had a fifth grader and a seventh grader doing American history, you would obviously expect more from your seventh grader and you might even modify the assignment for your fifth grader. It might be a five page, a five paragraph essay in the instructor's guide. But for your fifth grader, you might ask for three paragraphs one introductory, one body, and one conclusion. So those kind of modifications you can certainly easily make with your kids as you're combining them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think remembering that your kids may learn differently. My kids are five years apart, so they have never been combined in a program. And early on, I would plan to use the same program at the same age with my second child that I did the first child or the same reading level. And I quickly learned that they learn at different rates in different subjects. And so my daughter learned to read very quickly. My son learned math very quickly. And the opposite was true in those subjects for each kid. So just always be flexible, I guess, as far as like looking at that child and what they need. Um, even if you're not combining them, they probably are not going to learn exactly at the same rate in every subject. Um, another thing that I looked at was scheduling because of my work schedule on top of homeschooling. You know, I do not do school from nine to noon every day because I'm working during that time. And so we looked at, you know, when should we do school? Can we do school on the weekend? Can we do school in the evenings? And we have found in our house that with a bunch of night owls, we actually prefer to do school later in the day. So I think now, even if I were to quit working tomorrow, we would probably still be doing school late afternoon, early evening, because that's what works for us. So just, you know, the guide is a guide, exactly that. And so you can modify and use it whenever you need to. Um, or however you need to. So let's talk a little bit about if you feel like you are getting behind, or maybe if you know your kids kept asking for one more chapter and now you're way far ahead in read alouds or something like that. What do you do to make sure that you're getting everything done that you need to, and how do you figure out that scheduling? I think it's important to be aware of the laws in the state that you're homeschooling in because we certainly want to make sure that we are doing what we say we're doing, keeping our word to the state that we're educating our children. But outside of that, I think it's personal um, conviction or preference. I'm not sure what the correct word for that is, but each family is going to have, this is a non-negotiable. Everyone has to do math every day. That might be your non-negotiable in your home. Another family might say that reading is non-negotiable. So whatever those are for your family, um, those would be the things that you needed to make sure they were done. And then the rest would be extra. If, if math is non-negotiable and you get to science today, that's awesome. But if you don't, you at least did what is the most important thing for you. And then you can catch up or modify as necessary. I think another modification that a lot of homeschoolers need permission to modify is to drop a book or drop a 
section or whatnot if they're feeling behind, which I don't think there is a behind if you are making progress and doing those things that are important to you. Now, if you don't do school, if you know, you're so flexible that we just haven't done school in three months, well, then you probably are behind. <laughs> but if you're, if you're getting the things that are important to you accomplished, then um, you're not behind. You're right where you should be because you're doing what's important. Yeah, I, when I talk to parents in the booth, I do like to focus on the three R's, reading, writing, and math, because if you can get your child to learn to read and learn to write and do some math, they can teach themselves history, science, Bible, like they can, if they can read, they can pick up and read the Bible. If they can read, they can read the science assignments, like things like that. So really, to me, those are the big rocks. I, I like to talk about things, big rocks. If you put a rock into a bucket and you put little rocks into a bucket, if, if you only put the little rocks in first, the big rocks won't fit into the bucket. So your big rocks should be um, reading, writing, and math, because those are the, are the foundation blocks to lear learning. So if, if you have a sick child or you yourself are sick or you have a baby and you have multiple kids and you think, I cannot do every subject that's on this instructor's guide, then perhaps the three R's is going to be what you get done for the day and call it good. And then and when you're combining, so with my three kids, with my youngest one, she did the three R's. I did not care if she understood the history that I was reading to her older brothers or the science that I was reading to them, because I knew that when she got older, she would be exposed to those things again. That's another thing I love about sunlight is that um, the same topics are reintroduced three different times. We do three sweeps through history, multiple sweeps through um, through the language arts. If if you missed paragraph write, writing in third third grade, that doesn't mean that that's it. You're never going to learn to write a paragraph. You you can add um, that piece of it the following year if you didn't get through it. Um, so uh, so just being flexible and recognizing that there are things that are non-negotiable, non like Lisa said, but everything else you will get to eventually at some point. But I do caution you. Um, I did teach a writing class at a co-op one year, and I had a student in my class who every week did not turn in a paper. And I'm just the tutor. The mom is, is you know, the, the teacher. Um, and so I didn't really assign grades. And eventually I asked him like, well, why aren't you turning in a paper? And his mom was a former Disney princess and they would go to Disney every Friday. And so he didn't write his paper. And that is not acceptable. You have to do school. It's one thing if you have a baby and you, know, you have circumstances that preclude you from schooling. But if you are choosing to go to grandma's house and just play or to go to an amusement park, instead of schooling, that is a warning flag that you're not doing enough. Yeah, that's so true. Um, another thing, if you feel like you're behind, rely on the help around you. Um, because Sunlight's a literature-based curriculum, you don't have to really know 
the subject you're going to read about. So you can hand off a book to a spouse, grandma, you know, an older sibling and say like, oh, I'm not going to have time to read this today. Can you read this to your brother? Or, you know, my husband does almost all of the science experiments with my son because I don't like science experiments. They're messy. They're time consuming. All of that. <laughs> well, I'm married to fun dad. And so he does the science experiments with my son. And so that's another way to really rely on the people around you. What do they enjoy? what do they like maybe if you've already read all the books you feel a little less attached about oh I need to reread them um that was something I kind of had to let go of of like oh I'm not reading every single book to my son because his sister might be reading one book or something but um I've already read it once to her so <laughs> you know why not pass it on um and then something that I like to do Lisa you mentioned like do what your standard is or what you like to do so if I see that we're pushing way far ahead, maybe in like read alouds or something like that, I will stop and catch up on the other subjects first um, before I keep moving. Because I know sometimes it's easy to say, oh, I really like history. I'm going to read all the history ahead, but I don't like science or I don't like language arts. And then you might fall behind in those areas. And especially as your kids get older, sometimes those writing assignments go with other books that you've read throughout the year. So I do, for me, I like to kind of stay as close to whatever week I'm on as possible, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to get a whole week done in exactly five days or whatever it may be. I might, you know, do three days and then grandma comes to town and we take a few days off and then we might finish that week the following week. Um, Sheila, you mentioned too, when you're homeschooling, you do have to be kind of accountable um to you know what's going on you can't just say oh we're not going to do school today so let's talk about that is there such a thing as being too flexible or what absolutely has to be done how do we figure that out and then is there a lost cause can you roll it to the next year you know how, how do you catch up if you are that far behind yeah so i gave you that one um instance where I felt the parent was being a little bit too lenient. Um, but I, I found in my own life, I, it's funny because I'm an English major and I like to write, but I didn't like to teach writing and my kids didn't want to learn to write. And so I would save that to the end of the day. And guess what didn't happen many days because dinner has to happen. And so we would often, oh, well, we'll do it tomorrow. Um, and so I, the way I got around that myself was I joined a co-op that had a writing class. So now I'm accountable to the to the co-op, you know, so I knew that that paper was going to be due and by golly, we we weren't going to be the ones that what you know that, that wouldn't have a paper to turn in. So um so that's how I made myself accountable so that my kids would do their school schoolwork. So that's one one thing. Another thing you can do is to do the hard thing first. So if you hate math, you do math first. If you hate write, writing, you do writing first. If you hate science experiments and you don't have a husband who wants to do them, you do that at the beginning of the week, not at the end of the week. So, um, so do the hard thing first. And then as far as mo modifying, so I, I meant to talk about this when we were first talking about that, but two of my three kids are dyslexic. And so I didn't discover that till late, later on after much hair pulling, why can't this kid read? Um, but by the time my daughter got to high school, so my oldest son who is dyslexic went to high school, so I didn't have to worry about him 
reading, you know, a pile of books because they didn't read that many books at his school. Um, but by the time my daughter got to high school, there was no way that she was going to read all of the history um, literature and the English literature that was in level 300. I just knew that she wouldn't be able to, to do it. And yes, I could have read them all to her, but at that stage of my life, I did not want to read every book that was scheduled. So um, I trimmed it. Because I had that older child in a private school that we paid good money for, and I saw how much they were re reading, I felt very comfortable trimming significantly the number of books for, that for my younger child for high school. I knew that she was still getting more books than what was being taught in the public school and the private school, and, and I was not she was not feeling defeated because she could not keep up with the pace that um, the Sunlight Instructor's Guide had lay, laid out. So I took it upon myself to figure out which books we wanted to read that year and which books um, I let her listen to as an audiobook because I, I wanted her to be able to read with her eyes, but some books um, as an audio read counts and then some books we just cut out altogether and I had no qualms about that at all. So, yeah. Yeah, so you mentioned audiobooks. That's something too that might be a way people modify, especially if you have a lot of kids in different programs and your throat, you just can't handle reading out loud <laughs> that much. I know that that can happen a lot. Audiobooks are a way to keep them fun. What are some other ways to keep school fun and you know not feel like it is a, a horrible experience. You know, how do you keep it fun or maybe supplement your learning? Sheila, you mentioned a co-op too is a good option if you don't want to teach something. So what are what are some great ways to do that? I think um, having the flexibility in your day to take lots of breaks. Um, I know a lot of people do physical education first thing in the morning and then they teach. You know, they do their outside things in Florida, if you're going to be outside, you're going to have to be outside in the morning or you're going to melt. So um, if we had something outside, we tried to get that done early and then come back, maybe have a late breakfast, early lunch, whatever, and then get school going. So um, I think not, you know, there's no school bell at your house. I think sometimes that's what takes the, the fun out of school is that, oh, we have to go to math now. Um, so if you just have some some flexibility in your in your homeschool, I think routine is important, but schedule 805 to 915 is not, that is not fun, but a routine is fun. Um, I think that helps everyone know what's coming next, but it doesn't necessarily have to be at the exact same time every day. And that just takes the pressure off. And I think the pressure is what takes the joy out of our homeschool. And I think the mom's attitude is important. And, and, you know, I always say there is crying in homeschool and it's not always the student. Um, this is a hard job. Um, it is a high calling and it is, it is hard some days. And I think it's okay to admit that. Um, I think it's okay that sometimes you do have to take a fun day. Um, but who's to say that your fun day isn't educational? You know, if you're, if the school, the books, the math, the whatever isn't going so well, go to a museum. You're still learning. 
um, and, and it's changing up your routine a little and that's fun. And then you're, everybody's a little more refreshed when it's time to come back to the routine of books and math and all the things. So in our fam family, my kids never went to school. Like, you know, it isn't like they went to preschool, they didn't go to kindergarten and then I brought them home. We always homeschooled. So they didn't really have anything to compare what kids at, that, you know, what they do at school. Um, so they didn't know how good they had it, that they didn't have to sit in a desk for six hours a day, um, that they had to raise their hand to ask a question or answer a question. Like they had no idea that they had it so good, but my husband would come home for lunch and he would see the boys sitting on the floor playing with their Legos while I was reading history. And he's like, this doesn't look like school but he could ask them all about whatever it is that we were reading and they would be able to regurgitate. So it, it, it was a fun way to learn and they didn't even know that they were, that it was not the nor normal way to learn. Reading books for school is a fun way to learn. You're not just reading a chapter in a textbook and answering the questions in the back and then taking a test on it ad nauseum. You're just reading great books and, and absorbing the information just from reading it aloud or reading it yourself. So just, just the way we do school is already way more fun than what school is doing. Um, but I'm a very firm believer in, um, because I learn by doing, like I'm a very tactile person. And so as much as we could, we would do fun educational things. So I remember we did zoo classes at the zoo when we lived in Tam Tampa. They had an excellent homeschool um, classes at that uh, zoo. Um, here where I live now, there were excellent nature programs for free for homeschoolers. We took advantage of that. I mean, I had boys and they loved learning about bugs and all the things. Um, we would stop at every brown sign that was around. Um, St. Augustine isn't far from where, where we are. And so we, we did all kinds of homeschool classes through the, um, through the lighthouse. And we learned about all kinds of mar maritime things. So even if it doesn't tie in with what you're doing in history right now, it doesn't all have to tie in. Learning is lear learning. And so as long as you are just exposing them to very interesting things, kids will, will learn. I mean, they have a natural curiosity. And so having time to do field trips or whatever it is that your child loves, if it's music, they can pursue the violin. And then if they master the violin, they can do the viola. We have several friends that have done the music route and they have the time to devote to it because they don't have six hours at school and then two hours of homework. And then you don't have any time left to practice two hours of violin. Um, it could be art, it could be photography, like whatever it is that your child enjoys, go down that bunny trail and see, it might develop into something in the future, a career or a passion of theirs. But you have the time because, because you're homeschooling them and you, and you can carve the time out. So um, if you're a crafty mom and your kids aren't, then don't make them do crafts. But if you're not a crafty mom, like someone I know, um, but your kids are, then you, you can do some of our hands-on kits and it's all there and they can do it on their own. You don't have to do it. Lisa's kids were very crafty and they, they would make all kinds of really cool things and sell them at co-op. I have a necklace that I bought from her daughter that I still wear and she would make cards and all kinds of things. So whatever it is that is fun for your kids, give them time to be able to pursue those things. That is a benefit of homeschooling that 
that you need to capitalize on. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying about knowing that child and what excites them. Because um, yeah, my second born is super creative, loves hands-on, likes to see the places he's learning about, all of that, things that my daughter did not. My daughter and I are very much the read it, memorize it. Okay, cool, we know what we're doing. We don't wanna waste time doing hands-on activities. Um, and so I very quickly learned I had to change the way I taught him and those things are important to him. And so I love Sunlight's hands-on kits because everything comes in the box for me. I don't have to be craftsy. I don't need a hundred popsicle sticks. I can just open up that kit and do a project with him that he loves, that he's going to learn so much better. Uh, we love to look at videos online of different locations so that he can see, you know, oh, that's a different country. You know, what's it actually look like there? It doesn't look like where I live. Um, another thing we like to do is eat our way through the countries that we oh, yeah. learn about. So like in F, we ate, you know, around the world when we studied in F, but even in other levels, if we're learning about a different country or a different time, we like to try to find recipes and eat our way, you know, through that, that learning experience. Um, also, as far as supplementing your learning, I think it's important to remember as the homeschool mom, you don't have to teach everything. So my kids take dance, they do theater, they play sports, they music lessons, anything like that, that is not my skill set or something I want to invest my time in teaching, I will send them to someone who is more qualified and it gives them that opportunity to be with other kids and, you know, learning a new skill that I am less equipped to teach them. And it gives me a little time too, because I think it's important to remember when you have your kids home, you might get burnt out just from all the people around all the time. <laughs> and so find your activities as a mom that you enjoy doing too, Bible study, exercise, you know, going to coffee with your girlfriends, you know, whatever it might be, and make sure that you're still making time for those things too, um, so that that way you are refreshed and ready and excited to learn along with your kids, which I think is, is one of the best things about homeschooling is that you for can sure. together. So ladies, thank you so much for joining me. Is there anything else you would like to add or maybe some encouragement to offer, you know, letting people know it really is okay to be flexible and modify things how they see fit? Well, I just think um, you are definitely the perfect mom for your children. You are not a perfect mom because no one is. Um, but you are the perfect mom for your kids. And I think most of us are homeschooling out of love for our children. And so love covers a multitude of sins. Um, so I think if we keep that in mind, that what we're doing is driven by our love for our children and are wanting the best for them. Uh, and we see our kids, like you were talking about, Sunny, that they are different and we try to our best to meet them where they are, then we're doing a great job. You know, it, every, every day is not unicorns and roses, but, but when you look back from this side, and I think about the years that I've spent investing in my children and the things that they've said to me since, you know, they, they, as they get older, they realize that that I did something that, you know, was important. And so they're thankful for it. And then, then the, you know, crying over fractions is, you know, not that important um, because everyone lived. <laughs> That's what my husband always says, but did you die? No. Okay. Then you're fine. <laughs> so you are doing a great job. 
that's that's my encouragement. If you take away nothing, you are doing a great job. Yes, and mine, mine would be, don't be afraid to ask questions. If you don't know something, if, if you aren't sure how to combine, how to modify, how, how to do a certain thing, where to start, any of that, especially if you are pulling kids out of school and um, are start, starting out, jumping in, you know, midstream, so, so to speak. Don't be afraid to ask. There are no stupid questions. There are just unasked questions. Those are the stupid ones because you haven't asked the questions. So re reach out to the resources that you have. If you have um, other homeschoolers around you in your church, in your community, ask, talk, talk to them. Um, you have the mentors on the Sunlight app. You have the advisors that are available to you on the Sunlight website. So get the help that you need, ask the questions and, and, and it'll smooth things out when you can make some modifications and make it work. Yeah, that is so true. If you are not already part of our Sunlight, Sunlight Connections community online, you can join our Sunlight app and then you can hear from other Sunlighters as well as our mentors are in there in the app and ask your questions, get ideas from the other moms. I'm always so inspired when I see what other families are doing. So. Definitely get in the app and check that out or on Facebook and our Sunlight Connections group there because we would love to help you. We also have our advisors available as well. So any questions you have, somebody else in the Sunlight community has probably experienced it as well and they are willing to help you out. So thank you ladies for joining me today. It's been great talking with you as always. Thank you for joining us here on the Sunlight Connections podcast. You can also visit Sunlight Curriculum on social media, in our Sunlight app, or at sunlight.com. I am Sunny from Sunlight, reminding you to tune in next time.